our life, we make all kinds of connections. From our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourself? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with host Gord Riddell. It's time to listen and learn. Hi, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. This is Gordon Riddell, and I am here with my co-host, Alexia's Georgiousis. <laughs> oh, God, gee, even on Alexia Georgiousis. There we oh, go. I'm just going to... I think I'll just introduce myself going forward. Oh, you know what? That's going to be... <laughs> I get all nervous when I see what I have to do next. <laughs> uh, and of course, being in sequestered, we're not even in the same room in order to protect each other. Um, how are you doing? Doing okay overall. I feel like um, it's definitely been a very different time, and uh, I have found myself feeling lots of different emotions. Most recently, I would say a sense of feeling quite somber, but not necessarily mm-hmm. bad, just a somberness. Yeah, you know that that somber. People have mentioned that that the the idea of the somberness. Um, you know, it 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 feels like it's. Uh, you know, when we become very introspective, you know, often, you know, when we're not all happy and jolly and, and so on, like we live our life every day, haha. Um, it's it, there is a sense of, um, you know, that that inner reflectiveness. There's a, a, a real quietness to our energy, and I yes. find that that's kind of what's going on out there. Some people have said it feels sad, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's sad as much as it is an introspection that we're not aware of at the moment. I actually really like that. And I think that I would say I would agree with you because it is, it feels very still. And, you know, I found myself that even though as much as I love music, I like to play music, I just have not had any desire. It just hasn't felt right. It hasn't felt that it aligns. And it's not that I'm, you know, particularly, you know, weepy. It's just that it is a different energy. It's a different state. And I feel almost like a reverence for it. I feel like, nope, I need to be quiet. I need to be still. I need to be present with myself. So, and that's the thing, is present with ourselves, mm-hmm. which is not exactly a new experience. Or I'm sorry, maybe maybe more specifically, it's not exactly a, uh, an experience that we have very often. Yeah, and I think that also, I mean, I live alone, so it's a very different experience for people who have family members that they're not used to spending time with for 24 seven, I think it's much more challenging to be able to um, self reflect during this time when you're surrounded by a household of people, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even even having an animal, I think makes a difference. For I some, agree. Yeah. I think people who, who uh, are, you know, genuinely on their own, you know, if anything is getting giving us some sort of a reflection of you know, being older, um, some point in our life where we will be on our own, we'll be old, um, and we may not have a whole lot of people or things like uh, animals or pets around us. Right, right. You know, and that certainly is something that we've talked about, and, and it is an ongoing issue in many, many ways. Um, that you know, being being an elder in our our world these days is is fraught with all kinds of problems because we're not paying any attention to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a reflection here. I think that there it's kind of mirroring that piece for us. Oh, you yeah, know? definitely. Definitely. In terms of the isolation and the feeling, but in a way, it also is, it's forcing us on not only as the sense of I, but I, we talked about this in previous episodes, also the sense of us, that oh, there's, so. you know, I feel alone or I feel sequestered or I feel isolated. And it's also seeing it in other people seeing and knowing that, you know, that elderly, for example, if someone and people who, who have to maybe go to the hospital, that their family members can't join them there. That's right. That's the way it is right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is kind of scary. It is. I think that this is really on so many levels and so many layers of facing our sense of First of all, what doesn't really serve us in our own way of being in the world and noticing, you know, are we excessive on so many levels around a sense of material needs 
or superficial needs. And then also the layers around facing our mortality, facing that something, you know, we, we talked about this before that, yes, something is, or somehow we are going to die and we are having to really step into a place of being courageous enough to meet our fear, meet our worries, meet them with a, a very different presence and awareness. And I think this is plunging us into, you know, it's almost like an initiation, right? Where, <laughs> where you're, you're really going through, we're all going through something and hopefully we're going to come out of it, you know, uh, in a place that is more clarity, more aware. There, there's some good that, again, something has been washed off of us that no longer serves. Right, right. And, and I think that maybe that's it's called self-centeredness. a mild layer of it can be removed yeah Uh, you know that we become aware of others that's the only way that us is going to to uh you know move forward Um, you know i think that one of the the things that is uh, you know that i keep hearing over and over again is the new normal which i think is just sort of it's interesting yes we are in a new normal um but you know, my experience also is that when people have gone through an event that created a new normal for them temporarily, is that there's a real return to the old. People want to get back to the old. And it's like, if we've just gone through this and we believe that there's a reason for us going through this, then going back to the old does not make sense. Yeah, right, right. No, and, and I, even, I even don't even like the word normal. Because, <laughs> oh, good, because I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good, I'm not either. Really, never have but, been, no plan to be. You know, nor, because, yeah, it's going back to normal. It's like, well, what is, I think it's like, well, going back to feeling stable or going back to feeling a sense of what, what is the going backwards? Well, I think yeah. That it is about, okay, instead of going backwards and chasing and longing for what used to be. This is putting us into the cycle of life, saying we have to keep moving forward, even though it's painful, yeah, even absolutely. though those steps of you know loss and and you know confusion and mystery. That identifying first on what is it that we are going to show up with as new and different, instead of going backwards to what normal was, because you're right, that's going to put people. And all of us into a place where we're just going to repeat the same patterns. This yep. the same will happen eventually, and even worse, right? Well, or even worse, absolutely. You know, I think that um, you know, just keeping that that uh, awareness of what is it that sort of I left that really doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's hard enough on its own to remember. You know, kind of as to what what was going on that caused caused the problems. You know, sometimes with physical stuff, we can, we can, uh, um, you know, maybe get through that. You know, it's like, well, if I didn't eat so much, if I didn't, you know, if I'd exercise more, blah, blah. But this is about an us. This is about a whole society that says, what do we globally need to know uh, uh, that we don't want to go back to? Right, right, right. I mean, I can bring up things like greed. Um, that we, and, and through that, we don't share an abundance. This planet is so rich and mm-hmm. yet so, you know, and I'm not a socialist communist, but I am, I am talking about sharing food and water and, yeah. and, and so on, like the basics of a human life. And yeah. it's, it can be like brought together into such a small area. Um, so I think that, you know, the ability to share, the ability to recognize that we're not the only people her son in the world that's having a problem today, mm-hmm. <laughs> that there's a whole big we. Uh, I don't know. Those are things that pop into my mind. Yeah, I think, I think they're great. I think that, you know, in terms of the, the level of honesty, I think that we need to face ourselves and being really truthful around how much is enough. You know, how much is enough for me to feel safe and secure and stable and the sharing is massive the compassion is massive to recognize that there are so many people that do not have enough they don't have and we've heard this over and over again but i i I really think this is 
making us all turn inwards and be more, more, just more honest and more authentic with ourselves. The false self is dying away. Part of this is, can the false self and layers of our egos be cleared or at least, you know, limited or uh, so there's, there's more light that's going to shine through us by the end of this, Yeah, that, that we can actually be more light human beings instead of so caught up with our petty, our pettiness and and not to say that our personal suffering is to be dismissed, but it's just the end, the the inclusion of other. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when you look at what people are going through, you know, uh, just the, the the sheer uncertainty, the fear um, that that you know, the loss of revenue, loss of income that's going on for people uh, being together all the time uh, or not uh, through isolation. There's a lot of, of really, and each one compounds the one before that. Yes. You know, it yes. makes sort of this adds to this, adds to this, adds to this. So, you know, we get into that, into that, uh, how can we possibly be so concerned just about us when we haven't begun to drop any of those things of recognizing what other people are going through? Right, right. Yeah, so it's it's almost like a massive um, um exercising compassion right where where we start to s- realize that oh it's not just me who's suffering you know we, we we're looking at someone else i think the hard part is that sometimes these kinds of issues i find can be incredibly overwhelming when you look at it at a global level and well, then, absolutely you know it's just like well what can you do in your own backyard kind of thing and and it is it is um ironic that even if this motivation is there because of the the um, physical s- separation and isolation, that even if you want to give, it's it's it we can't really give the way we're used to giving or showing up the way we used to show up, and we may not be able to. Yes, yes. So, so do we sit? Do we, do we sit and wait, or do we find other ways of engaging? Well, I think the other ways of engaging are starting to emerge. I definitely know that you know, people in terms of, of uh, technology, we can see this surge around, you know, I was talking to my sister who uh, she happens to be in Krakow, Poland right now. And she works for a US company. They're in complete lockdown, so they can't get in or out. Mm-hmm. And so they're setting up with their workmates, these virtual, uh, you know, cocktail hours with people all over, you know, whether it's Ireland or the States. Uh, I and, love it. And and they're just they're just engaging, which is really beautiful, right? They're people who are who haven't spoken to each other in a long time, okay. And and they're connecting again, which is beautiful. But I think that going back to your point earlier, that yes, we we will start to adapt and identify new ways of reaching people who are more isolated or who have, who have less, right? And, and figure out how to how to support them, you know, instead of just abandoning them, right. Well, the, the one that, the one that I really like, and I know it's been going on in Europe, and it's now occurring here. It's, uh, certainly in my neighborhood at seven thirty uh, in the evening, as people are coming out. I live in downtown, and people are coming out and starting to, you know, whistles and banging pots and pans and drums in appreciation for our medical front front yes. line first responders. Yeah. Uh, but it's also a way uh, my, my friends in Spain, who are still under lockdown and will mm-hmm. be apparently until s- April twenty five. Wow, I mean that's just brutal. Yeah, but yeah. they're you know they're beginning to see some difference. Um, but they they said that it was a way of knowing each other was still out there, you mm. know. And they've been they've been banging pots. They do it at eight o'clock in Spain, and and, and also in Italy they sing. Um, so I, I think that. that's kind of an interesting short term, but a, a really nice solution of just knowing that we're all here because it just begins to you know take over the my apartment, I begin to hear the condo. I begin to hear, you know, the, the banging of the drums is like, Oh, you know, I have to go and see what's going on. I love that because, you know, here in my area, that's not happening, but maybe I should start it. start it. I'll start it and see what happens. See if I get a few people Probably. joining at in. A <laughs> at, least, at least get a couple of people joining in. So you don't look like the crazy yeah, lady yeah. up there. But, um, but one of the things I find beautiful too, about what you're saying is that we're using, even though we may not be able to communicate or speak with words, we're using sound, vibration, you know, movement that is energy. Absolutely. It's again an energetic exchange, right? Yes, it using is. Using the senses. And it doesn't have to be words. Doesn't have to be words. Mm-mm. Right. 
Right, exactly. Now, now we wouldn't do very well if you and I just stopped talking right now because people would no. stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> very true. We're not quite there, okay? But I think that when you, you know, you in, in, incorporate, you know, like vibrational healing and, and instruments and even pots and pans, you know, yeah. uh, they sound just great. They sound yeah. just great. There's another apartment complex I heard that they, they come out and they do the noise thing and then they all sing, oh, Canada. Oh, really? Yeah, which I think is really a cool thing too. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I don't sing loud enough to be able to try and override this group here, but <laughs> no, no, no. I think uh, anything that will be in terms of sharing, and again, it goes back to reaching out and knowing that energetically people are here. I mean, right. We're fortunate that we have senses, right? That we can pick up those people who you know don't. Who let's say if they're deaf or they can't see, it's it's also going into that again the felt sense of what does that yeah. mean. What it's yeah, we're going to have to come back to that felt sense in yes. just a couple of seconds. We're going to break here for a commercial. Uh, you're listening to Things Worth Considering, and we're considering how do we connect in the new normal. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America is available on your Google Connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, and welcome back to Things Worth Considering. I'm Gord Riddell. I'm here with Alexia, and we are talking about um, what happens after the new normal stops being the new normal. Uh, we are um, just at the point where we were talking about all the noise that people come out and make, whether it's in Europe or here in Canada, um, in, in, in appreciation of our frontline workers, which we have to admit are just awesome people um, to do what they do and risk their lives in order to protect us. Um, wouldn't it be wonderful if we all had that same sense of caring um, you know, that actually we're, that we're willing to put our lives on the line to make sure our, our society goes on. So but not to go quite that far out there. Uh, we were talking about the felt sense of, of, you know, we can hear this and so on, but the energetic felt sense that happens. Yeah, you know? and I think that this is something that is so foreign to so many of us that it is, you know, this shift in our, our regular way of being, but also our regular way of feeling. Yes. And, and I think that that's why there's discomfort because, you know, it's like that, that old uh, image, the metaphor of, of a caterpillar in it, in the, in the little um, cocoon transforming into the butterfly that struggles to get out of the chrysalis. And, 
and it's painful and, and if you can't force it and it, it's a struggle. And I think that, you know, I'm finding a lot of people that I'm meeting are uncomfortable with not with, with they're just uncomfortable with feeling what they are feeling. It's just, right. it's incredibly foreign. And it's that sense of, of, of recognizing that all they really need to do is turn, turn inward and allow this feeling or sensation to keep moving through them. That's as foreign as being a caterpillar. Pardon me? <laughs> I said that is as foreign for many people as being a caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it's yes, I agree. School. Uh, right. But I mean, just the idea of saying that, you know, like the one is I didn't know I was having feelings as, as a starter. Yeah. Uh, but then there are two is that to let herself turn inward and go there. Well, I don't even know what turn to take. Well, I wouldn't even say go there. I would just advocate here as yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think you're right that it's it's more around turning inward to a place where where you can just notice the self. And I think part of this is I realizing that our emotions are just this these bundles of energy that move through us. They are not who we are. I, yeah. I believe that a lot of people are struggling with over identifying with the emotions that they're feeling, which is true even prior to COVID. This this is something that I think as a as a culture, very often there's there's over identification with the discomfort and the suffering that we have. And oh, it, you know, you know it, the, the two things that really sort of stand out where we had to really adapt as a society was was one was uh, the the huge collapse of the markets in two thousand and eight. Uh, and then followed by that was 9-11. Right. right. They were so powerful that that went right into our psyche, you know, and we we then established new norms. And there are those that keep going back to the original experience. And then there are those that bring the experience forward with that. Yes. Yes. I, I, by that, I mean, I do, see, I don't believe when we let go of things and I don't believe that we get through and get over our grief of, of events. What we learn how to do is to bring those things together, our today life and our our grief of you know previous experience, and we we join them and we move forward. We move forward with our grief and in our mm-hmm. grief. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and and I think it makes us richer in our experience. You oh, know, there's a, there's the depth that happens once. I mean, look, nobody likes to suffer. I know it's so painful and grief in particular, where there's just that heartbreak, and mm-hmm. and once there's some type of, you know, I find that it just one day just happens where, oh, it doesn't hurt as much, but it's still there. I can, you know, I can turn my attention and it can access, it still hurts, but it doesn't, you know, basically consume me. Well, it doesn't define me. Right. Right. Uh, It doesn't become who I am based on, on, you know, uh, past things that have happened. It becomes part of my story. It's not about forgetting about it. It's not about letting it go. It's about integration and moving with it. And, and that now becomes part of who I am, part of my story. Mm-hmm. But it also gives me, uh, hopefully I learned something from it, whatever it was, uh, can give me great wisdom. Yes, great wisdom. Because that, that wisdom is, I believe, the sort of the, the heart knowledge. It's the connection of knowingness that comes into the heart, not from the head, not from facts, not from just regurgitating, but it's lived. It's it's Absolutely. an ex, it's a it's an experience that's been lived, and and I think that you know we can tell you can feel that in in not only ourselves but in each other when we know that oh this this person has knows what this is like, and right. I think it's interesting. I was talking to someone who's who's from Eastern Europe, and um, you know her lineage is that you know she went she was in a communist country, former communist country, and her her parents, grandparents, you know, had obviously gone through the war. And this situation isn't impacting them. Like they're very efficient. They're they're just very focused. It's yeah. it's quite interesting because you think that even though that was, you know, many years ago, there was there's still a, a sort of a um an, an a memory that's coming through. There's something that's coming through around knowingness. Yes. Um that okay, there's something happening that's serious. We take the measures and we prepare. And we right. we just let ourselves go through. They're not panicking. They're not freaking out. They're they're just taking it one day at a time and very right. efficiently. 
Well, they have some experience. They're probably not subjected to Western media in the same way. Uh, um, yeah. But, you know, what makes this different than previous crises is, is that all of us have a role to play in this one. Mm, yes. They yes. had a role to play in the 2008 crisis. They have a role to play in uh, the 9-11, but we certainly have a role to play in this. And and part of part of the conditions, uh, you know, um, is if we don't, number one, it's going to get worse. Uh, we have, you know, limiting social contact or staying at home, having to comply with shutdowns and recommendations and following through. I mean, that's just that's the best that we can do just for starters is listening to what's going on because they're beginning to see a change. Something our numbers have just begun to pot- potentially look like they're going down in Toronto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know the very thing that they're they're looking for right right um but but people are people are still you know um you know poor me poor us uh what what they're doing having to stay at home all that kind of stuff is thank god we're all still here yes yes it's, it's perspective and yes. i think it's interesting that when we i feel like with with 9-11 i think the impact was massive and i also feel that I don't know if a lot of us learned from that. I don't know. I don't, I don't think that there was, there was a sense of a lesson unless, I mean, people that were directly, you know, there impacted at the time. Um, I only knew of one person in Toronto who was there when this happened. And of course, suffering from PTSD afterwards, um, he survived. There was a lot of guilt. And yet, you know, in terms of the rest of, us who are more removed, I'm not sure if we we chose or we saw it as well. This is a big lesson for us to pay attention to, and I think that now we are we are having to to face our own perspectives and our and I think people who are going into place of poor me, I, I think that that there's not much of an audience for it. Right. <laughs> <There's You know>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank goodness. You know. I think. Yeah, thank I, goodness. I, the 9-11, I think it traumatized because it was so shocking. And mm-hmm. it was from outside. It was an in, you know, an incoming attack. Right. Uh, and so that took a bit of what do I do about this? What do I need to do? Oh, that's up to the politicians and the military and, and so on and so on. Um, this is very different. This is, yes. this is you know, being attacked from the inside. Yes. Not an outside from across the ocean in another country. Let's point at them and say what bad people they are. This is a, you know, a normal part of the human experience that's a little, you know, not that this particular coronavirus is, but the virus is. Yes, yes. But it's coming from inside now. Well, and I think that in the, I think it was the previous episode or a couple of episodes ago, Gord, you were, you had talked about how, how is this something that we manifested in terms of, our consciousness, because we also have to remember that COVID, the virus itself, as we, if we look, at this as a collective consciousness and that there's one of us, then the virus has a consciousness. Oh, absolutely. And, and is this something that, you know, it is representing what it, we have to look at internally. Yes. Which I, I think is really a wonderful metaphor for looking at this as being very purposeful, even though there's pain, pain with the loss of life you know, people that are suffering, that there is something deeper that we're not also seeing, or we have to choose to say, hey, there's one layer. Can we go deeper into what is this making me look at within myself? Right, right. Yeah, I I think absolutely. You know, one of our uh, students, uh, uh, she lost her mom on the weekend, unfortunately. Mm, Uh, To COVID? Yeah, to COVID. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which is unfortunate. That's very Uh, unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, for some, it's beginning to, to get a little bit closer to home, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, as this happens, but again, we've got to stay with the collectiveness and that is what we, you know, we can't be in shock. shock right. You know, we've done, we've done shock 2008 shock, the war shock, Vietnam yeah. shock. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, stop being shocked. Right. right. <laughs> you know, let's, let's do something, learn something, be something. Yes, yes. And demonstrate, you know, resiliency, demonstrate that this is not about tightening up and being constrictive in terms of the sense of self and our capacity mm-hmm. to feel emotion for ourselves and others and still step forward. 
because that, that takes us to a different level of maturity in terms of our, our spiritual selves and our adult selves. It, right. It's, it really is. It's, it's like a, an initiation that we're going through on a, on a collective level. Yeah. I mean, if we, we constrict, as you say, you know, the, the, the moment we begin to constrict is the moment we start to lose our creativity. Mm, very true. And, very and true. resilience requires creativity. Yes. You know, they go hand in hand. They're the two sisters that are skipping up ahead there. Um, <laughs> if we get take one of them and say, get back here, resiliency no. standing there going, I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Because the support system to our resiliency begins to get taken away. Right, right. You know, I mean, as you know, I have a very visual mind. So I see a bunch of kids walking around, you know, going, she's resiliency. I'm creative. <laughs> I'm inspiration. I'm intuition. <laughs> and we're yeah. going to hold her up, you know? Yeah, yeah. But if we... If we start doubting that and, we, and stop trusting that, then, or making them, you know, stand so constrictive that nobody can hold each other up, then, then we're in problems. Yes, yes. And actually, you know, you're making me think of, when I think of creativity, I also see that that is hugely important for adapting. Oh, yeah. You know, because our, our, your mind has to work differently. You know, you have to see things differently. You have to interpret things differently. You have to be aware of where am I blocked in terms of this belief and and that ability to adapt is incredibly helpful to take us forward. Absolutely, absolutely. One of my favorite sayings is: if I if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always gotten. That's a good one. <laughs> and if you always do what you've always yep. done, yep. you'll always get what you've always gotten. Yeah, yeah. And it's true. Yeah, you know, we keep wanting to repeat ourselves, uh, but yeah, we want different outcomes. Yes. Yes. That's that that in itself is a, is a sign of, of craziness. Right, of right. It's like going and knocking on the same door and expecting someone else to, yes, to answer it. Yes. Was that Einstein? I can't remember who said that. Somebody said that, right? Yeah. Some, yeah, I don't some, know. It's some scientist, but whatever. Every rehab center in, in, in the world so far. Yes, yes. Um, so, but, it, you know, I mean, because it makes it makes sense. We keep thinking it's going to be different this time, and we, but we're still knocking on the same door and, and thinking – that someone different is going to show up or something different is going to happen. Well, exactly. So we are being asked, I think, to say, how do I need to be new and different in order to meet new and different? Yes. You know, it can't, yeah. it's, it cannot be, you know, ex- expectation of one is the same and the other isn't. Right. Th- this is, this is a, a kind of an integration of ourselves with the earth and with each other. With all and, beings and, and on the earth. Safety zone. Yes. Or yes. our comfort zone. Let's put it that way. Our comfort exactly. Zone. You know, our first place to run back to is still called status quo. And, and that lives inside of this old zone called comfort. You know? Yes, it and is. Anything outside of that is called fear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we've got to, there, there has to be a risk in order to change this. And I think that's why we're not being attacked outside. We're being attacked Yes. Or potentially, potentially. Right, right. And so how do we take care of ourselves? It keeps the inside intact while allowing it to adapt to something different. Well, and I, I think also in, uh, it's, it's also pushing us into a place where we, I believe that it is more spiritual, that it is making yes. us less, identify less with the materialism and even the physical body on some level. To yeah, be, to, you know, to really go, okay, what is inside of me that is keeping me alive? You, you know, know, this that note. Yes. We're going to come back to that because we're actually entering Holy Week for the Christian uh, faith and uh, lots of interesting stuff coming out of that, uh, not being able to meet. So we will be right back here at Things Worth Considering. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. 
Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. This is uh, Things Worth Considering, Alexia and Gord here. And we're talking about uh, the uh, new norms that are being established as a result of COVID. Um, we're just beginning to talk about the fact of what's going on with not being able to meet as we enter into Holy Week in the Christian faith. Uh, churches are empty, not by choice, but maybe, I don't know, maybe people are happy they don't have to go to church. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people, though, Christmas and Easter are pretty big, you know. They are uh, big, yeah. Yeah, you know, the uh, um, the Cardinal for Toronto, he, uh, the Archbishop, I, I heard an inter- interview with him, and, and he was talking about, you know, they're still doing the masses uh, inside because, of course, they live there, so they're allowed to. Um, but he said that this is an opportunity for people to perhaps deepen their own experience with the divine, you know, to meditate, to pray. Uh, we don't have to go anywhere. Uh, can you find the time? Oh, I've got more time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean... Let's visit. Where am I going to go? I forget what day it is all the time. I go, what? I don't know. Time has no meaning anymore. Well, exactly. Exactly. Which is really beautiful in a way. Well, that's kind of the way we would want it to be, you know, uh, not so out of control that we'll miss the flight to the uh, islands, but. uh, No, no, no. Exactly. We still need the holiday. Um, You know, the, the, I just thought that he made like a, you know, a really important point is that just because one can't take part in the ritual of a group doesn't mean that we can't take part in the energetic expression of the group. Yes, you know, yes. For instance, the healing circles, you know, I've moved them online because we can't get together in touch, uh, you know, and do hands-on healing or anything, but we can connect, we can meditate, and I've opened it up to anybody and everybody. It's only 45 minutes. It's great. Uh, every every Friday now, you know, uh, and, and that's just, that's connecting to the energy it is that you know anyone who's ever had group experience knows how powerful that is well and and it's it's the the interesting thing is that it's the coming together and i like what you said that the archbishop said where how do we deepen this relationship because i think when people get scared about the word spirituality or spirit you know or god or whatever universe whatever you want to call it great mystery doesn't really matter that it is a relationship Absolutely. and we all have this relationship, but we forget about it. We forget mm-hmm. that it's there with us constantly. Cause and it doesn't phone us and say, is there a problem? Is, do we have a problem <laughs> I don't see my phone ringing. I don't see messages coming through. <laughs> it kind of leaves it to us to be responsible enough to connect there. Exactly. It leaves, it leaves us up to us to say, I have to take the initiative and I have to take responsibility of developing this within me, yep. which is also interesting going back to how this, with, with the virus, this virus, COVID virus, that it, it is internal. It's something that is attacking internally. So again, deepening that internal world, you know, you've got yes. the shadow and you've got this light. Yes. 
and and we all share it. It's nobody's nobody's more special than someone else, and 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 all creatures, any living thing that's on this planet, right? We right. we belong to the earth. The earth does not belong to us. Yeah, well, I think we may just be finding that out <laughs> as we discover how little control that we thought we had. We really don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and yeah, sorry. The, the I was just going to say with the idea of of having community online. And I remember hearing once that the word uh, conspiracy actually originally meant uh, was conspirare, something like that, which was to breathe together. Oh, really? But over the years, it was morphed into conspiracy because people were coming together, but just to be together, to breathe, to meditate, to connect with the earth. And, you know, we can go into all sorts of things about how Sadly, some religions, you know, will just won't even go there. But, but the the idea is, yes, how do we deepen our own interconnection to ourselves and also this this life force that we share? Right. We, we all share this life force of yep. consciousness, right? Well, that's what we're talking about when we when you know I talk about going out on my my balcony and just you know everybody around me is taking part in pot banging and yelling and whistles. I love and it. It's the sharing of that 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 consciousness. Yeah. I mean that's what that's what drives everybody out there at 7:30. I mean, we can say okay, well, it's certainly the something new and it's unfamiliar and it's a fun thing to do, but there's also though, yeah, we get, we get bored with stuff like that real fast. But it, it's not it's building. Mm. More people every night is getting involved here. So that's fantastic. That is the evolution, you know, of us moving into consciousness that yeah. we are can't even put into words. Yeah. And appreciation. Yeah. I'm finding that, you know, I'm noticing in myself, I'm appreciating so many more little things that I just ignored or took advantage of, right? Mm-hmm. It's It really is simplifying and noticing in a very different way in my own life and just appreciating conversations where I really want to listen, you know, and I really want to be present more so than I feel I've ever been. Right, right. Yeah, you like to really hear where people are coming from. Yeah. Yeah. So, so going back to this timing, I find it's very interesting. If there's no coincidence, I don't really believe in coincidences, but I do find it's interesting, the timing of Easter coming up. Yeah. What does this mean symbolically? You know, this resurrection. Yeah. I mean, it's so metaphoric, you know, the, the, um, uh, I mean, the, the, the absolute basis of Christianity is, is about the resurrection yet it's lost most of its meaning. You know, yes, uh, we we focus mostly on Christmas. Uh, well, it's presents. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll keep it there. Uh, um, yeah, Good Friday. That's when that's when you know this man who was a teacher. I'm not going to go anywhere theologically with this, uh, but someone who brought great wisdom, you know, to us somehow uh, is killed. He's murdered. He's a great threat to the Roman the Roman governing invading body in the Middle East at the time, and so we need to get rid of him. Uh, and, you know, as has certainly been pointed out enough times, you know, thank goodness it wasn't a hanging or an, an electric chair, because that's what we'd be wearing around our, our necks, you know, is, is the cross, you know, represent the, the, uh, the torture instrument that, you know, he died from. Um, when, in fact, that, you know, he was brought down, he was put, you know, into this cave and suddenly he's gone. And only to appear gradually to people who were very close to him uh, over the next few days. And that's really that's really the miracle, I think, of what Christianity tries to tell us. But it gets lost in so many other ways. It, so it, many other ways, absolutely. You know, and it, it just keeps taking us away. And I think that we ourselves, you know, need to, you know, if this is if this is Good Friday coming up, you know, uh, we just went through Palm Sunday. We're, we're well, we've been sentenced now. Uh, and we, it's called COVID and, and, you know, it's going to, it's, we, this is supposed to be a bad week. A lot of people are going to die this week, um, based on projections and so on. Their projections are doing very well. Um, so I have no reason to believe that's not true. Um, but come good Friday, um, there will be almost like an inventory. We're going to look and go, damn, look what is going on around us. And, and that Sunday, you know, that should be the moment of resurrection. That should, should say, this is where we have to change. Right, right. And I think- You may not you know, know what that looks like, though. No, we don't. Okay. We don't. That's okay. It's yes. okay not to know. 
Yes, it's it is okay. okay not to know. And it's, and it's something where it's a practice of not knowing. And it's, it, it, it is a, 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 a quality of humility that is also deepening around, wow, I don't know. And the, going back to the whole aspect of Christianity, I think also the, the interpretation of crucifixion, you know, that dying to the self you know, yes. dying to the false self, especially. And in so many, even Muslim, it's the nafs, right? It's the same way that, you know, as you keep polishing and getting rid of the nafs, light can come through. There's a purity that is exists with, within all of us. It's the, it, the essence of love. Yep. And I think that this goes back to being aware of the timing of this and saying, hey, there's something else that I can see in terms of what was what was the real meaning of this 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 event that occurred so many years ago and, and in Christianity, but the, right. but all of the interpretation and, and really going into that own personal relationship with the divine and, mm-hmm. and seeing that this is meant to deepening because the deaths that are happening as well. Yes, it's, it is loss of life. And is it, but if we say, well, the spirit never dies, then mm-hmm. it's, it's loss of the shell I mean, that's easier said than right. done, of course, because of course, of course, any death is very painful, right? In terms of losing someone that we love. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so it's, but it is an opportunity again. And, and we're, yeah. we're just being hit from all over the place to say, okay, you got to wake up. Everybody better wake up. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, it comes back to the fear of what am I waking up to, mm-hmm. you know, but the perpetuation of what we've got or have been through, I think it is time to wake up. It is time to start to you know, see, how do we shift things? Yeah, how do I think that goes back to what you said initially, that this is internal. We can yeah. only shift the external until we are in the internal and yeah. we shift from here. Then it will manifest on the external. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in a way, this is very purposeful because we weren't really listening. You know? No, no, we, we never were. We never were. But there were also... We're also supported by people who want us to go back to the way we were. Yeah, when that's you problem. Forward, your support systems aren't going to be real happy about this no. because it jeopardizes your friendship or your child-mothered relationship or whatever it is. Yeah. Because, you know, people want us to be who they know, not who we are. Mm-hmm. are yes, they? well said. Absolutely. Who they need us to be not who we are. And so when our, who we are moves us forward, then, you know, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, it's almost like a slap in the face to move back towards something that said, oh, well, we're really glad that you, you know, if you've gone through something bad is, uh, you know, you've come back to who you used to be. We're back to the good old glory. Yeah, no, no, no. You've just gone through something really powerful. Yes. Well, and it's, it's, it's the evolution and allowing ourselves to evolve and it is something where I think there will be challenges for a lot of people in their relationships that some people will be, you know, impacted differently from this. And whether it's their trajectory, where how they are evolving, how they're showing up, and it will change their relationships. Yes. And, and yes. it's going to require that people stay the course and keep right. trusting that, you know, trusting their intuition of, no, this is making me go this direction or I'm right. feeling this. And that requires internal courage you know? <laughs> and connection to the divine, you know, connection to spirit, right? You know, uh, Carl Pilmer, he's a gerontologist and director of the Cornell Legacy Project. Um, he, in his, he did a book based on, you know, older people uh, who had some frailty to them at this point with mobility and, and so on. And 30 Lessons for Living, um, you know, expressed, you know, greater contentment in old age despite coping with greater disabilities that none of us would even wish for. You know, and the number one lesson that Dr. Fulmer concluded is, is that from, from these elderlies is that happiness is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Happiness, that's it the sure number is. one that comes out of this. So, so when we look at that and go, how many people are saying, amuse me? Oh, <laughs> you know? oh entertain me. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there's no responsibility even being taken for something as basic as feeling happy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing a plaque once saying, happiness is an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> it, is. it is. So it really, so then, then uh, uh, it sort of begs the question, is, so what do I want my life to look like? 
And we have just an amazing opportunity here to start to look at, you know, if we establish sort of uh, from, that, from that one question, then we can get a base of realistic possibilities for answers that not fantasy, not wishful thinking, but that are realistic possibilities. Mm -hmm. What, mm -hmm. you know, what do I want my life to look like? Right. And feel like, and to be like, you know, there's all kinds of verbs we can put in there. But, you know, um, the now that you're back to normal, that's just a knife in the heart. Oh, that's, yeah. That's just like, we haven't oh. been anywhere on this one. Well, and, and I'm, I'm hopeful that people will say, oh, you know what? Wow, that experience was was so powerful. And realize that, you know, challenging experiences, and as we know, negative experiences, whether you want to judge this as being negative are really where the deepest learning happens. Yes. But we have to make a choice about it. Well, we have to make you a know? choice as to, you know, who all are we going to share this with? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that, that uh, again, you know, it's very biblical, but it comes, it comes back to the whole thing of, um, you know, when, when and how uh, do we choose to, to share things about ourselves? what is it desertion desertion discerning 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 yeah discernment yes yeah exactly yes. is that um you know a lot of us aren't very good at discerning we pick no. the wrong people no and and i think that you know when we do that this is where we have to trust our intuition and trust yes. our sense of oh is this you know and and coming from a place of compassion as well where it's like okay you know, forgiveness for the self, but also for other, where, you know, when someone is, is, you know, we, I don't think whether we intentionally hurt people or not, it doesn't always, we, we don't necessarily mean for that to happen, but exactly. it, it, it comes from fear. You know, it's rooted in fear always. And my fears are going to cut us off <laughs> right yes. now. Uh, we're at the end, unfortunately, of uh, our talk today. Uh, we're going to be back, but you can tune into us on Zoom. Um, at uh, the meeting number is 880-379-396. And we're there at seven o'clock every Friday. Feel free to join us. Uh, Alexia, thank you so much. Thank you, Gord. Thank you very much. Okay. And everyone out there be safe. And we will also make it through this one stronger and better and wiser. We will. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your host, Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.